0: And I'm Anya Murray. This is Root and Branch. This series is a homage to trees. In each episode, Brian and I will bring together ecology, history, music and song to create a portrait of each tree. This week, we're all about the humble hazel tree. Hazel is one of my favourite trees, I just love the way the multi-stemmed hazel rods catch the dappled light in a hazel wood, its golden bark almost shimmering. Because the canopy of a hazel wood is lower than oak or ash, there's something cosy and inviting about a hazel woodland. And I think I've always had a softness for hazel, because I know how useful it was to our ancient ancestors, who used hazel for so many things right from when the very first people arrived in Ireland.
1: Anya and I took a little wander in a hazelwood in County Mayo on a sunny summer's day to start exploring all the different plants growing in among the hazel trees. So here we are now, standing in this hazel woodland, this gorgeous, warm, um, very low sylvan tunnel, um, kind of dapples of light coming through these hazel branches. Anya, what is it that we're looking at here? What can you see?
0: Looking down at the ground, I'm always looking at my feet when I'm in a a lovely woodland like this, because there's so many different wildflowers growing on the ground here. Do you see these kind of shamrock-shaped leaf? Um, mm-hmm. That's called wood sorrel, and it has this lovely little white tubular flower in spring. And that heart-shaped leaf there, that's the wood violet. And then here we've got a, a vetch, a wild pea. Look, you can see the little pod, like a oh pea gosh. pod. That's a wild cloud, it's a pea family, it's called a vetch. And then what else have we got? Loads of mosses. We've got wood avens. And there is lots of bramble, of course. There's heart's tongue fern there, that lovely, long, green, shiny stripe of a fern leaf. You see the little spikes of berries here? Yeah. That's called lords and ladies. And in spring, that has a a white sheath of a petal. And then now we've got the fruits developing. And in the autumn there, you'll, you'll see, you'll. You'll probably recognize a spike of red berries growing up from the ground. And that's what those little berries will grow into. It's called lords and ladies. And we've got herb Robert, which has a little fern-like leaf. There's lots of ivy clambering around the ground. And out of it all, we've got the hazel. And there's some tiny little saplings of, of baby hazel, but mostly this hazel with this shimmering kind of bark. But each hazel tree is five or ten or twenty different hazel rods growing together in a cluster. And there's a bit of rain now, and yet it's just so sheltered and gorgeous is the green light, and there's such a cosy atmosphere in here.
1: The deeper I walk into a hazel wood, with its low canopy, dappled light and mossy woodland floor, the more I feel like I've entered another world. And one thing that strikes me is that because hazel trees constantly renew their shoots, even ancient hazel woods look young forever. The further I wander, I think about our ancient ancestors whose footsteps I could be walking in and how they would have viewed this wood. Throughout history, hazel has been a prominent building material here in Ireland, and in mythology it's associated with wisdom, knowledge, and inspiration. In ancient myths, there's said to be a well below the sea, with nine hazel trees growing around it, which drop their hazelnuts into the well, feeding the salmon that live in the water. In the famous myth, Fionn Makul accidentally tastes the salmon of knowledge and gains all the knowledge and wisdom in the world. That salmon came from the same well, surrounded by the hazel, fed on hazelnuts, which in turn passed on their wisdom to young Fionn. As we'll learn more about later, we know that hazel was absolutely vital to our ancient ancestors. Where it was used for building just about everything that we needed to survive, as well as giving us hazelnuts to eat. Stone ring forts found all over Ireland, often referred to as fairy forts, are mostly the remnants of ancient homesteads, in which roundhouses were woven entirely from hazel. This next song, written by Anamika and I, is a step deep into this world of the Hazelwood, into these myths, stories, and ancient uses of this vital tree.
2: Round the wildland tree so Dropped the fish in the river flow. Your roots were the spring yep. Ever growing never dying.
0: I love gathering hazelnuts in autumn, cracking open the woody case and eating the tasty nut inside. There's something not only nutritious in the physical sense, but also I feel it nurtures a direct connection to the bounty of nature, to eat a wild food that's so readily available. But to our ancient ancestors, hazelnuts were hugely important as a protein rich food. Big piles of hazelnut shells have been unearthed in the settlements of Mesolithic hunter-gatherers and in Neolithic and Bronze Age archaeological digs, too. Hazel was
1: once so abundant that the Irish word for woodland, quill, comes from the word for hazel, call. For thousands of years there were vast woodlands covering much of Ireland, and in most places these woodlands were rich in hazel trees. Early Irish people built almost everything from hazel, including homes, footpaths, fences, beds, and fish traps. So Anya and I went to visit the UCD Centre for Experimental Archaeology and Material Culture, where Professor Aidan O'Sullivan and colleagues have been building an early medieval homestead made almost entirely of hazel.
3: So the the Centre for Experimental Archaeology and Material Culture at UCD is the weirdest, most distinctive archaeological site in the country because we have uh, archaeological evidence here of every period and of every technology all inside one acre um, and all of it done by us. So we're building here an early medieval roundhouse um, based on uh, 8th century excavations at a site called Deer Park Farms in County Antrim uh, where the waterlogged survival led to the uh, spectacular preservation of all the organic material, which meant that the actual wooden walls survived uh, and could be identified by archaeologists in the excavations. Um, but one of the puzzles uh, that we had was to try and understand how a house like that would work because none of the materials in it are tickered on your wrist. Uh, it's in, built entirely of hazel rods. Um, it's got a, an inner wall and an outer wall. Uh, it it's looks to us here like a, a, a very large dome. It is, in effect, a giant inverted basket, it's about six metres across, um, uh, and then that will become the structure on which we put put the thatch. So we'll be putting a header on that, or straw, or perhaps reeds, Uh, that's something we have to decide yet.
1: What Aidan is showing us is a hazel building. It's an amazing-looking, giant dome-shaped basket, spiralling up from the ground about six metres in diameter and three and a half metres in height, with a very small door.
3: Will we go inside and have a look at this house from inside? You can. It's difficult to get in. You can see that the doorway is very low because we know that the, the doorway at Deer Park Farms is about 1.2 metres in height, which just comes up to my chest. So I'm in my 50s, and when I get into this doorway, I do a lot of groaning and moaning. So hang on, i <laughs> 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 anyway we're inside uh, we're inside the building now so it's, it's uh, visually it's very striking because it's, it's essentially we're surrounded by hazel um, we're surrounded by oh it's about 1,500 rods of hazel here um, and you can see the patterns of the weaving and so on and we're going to be working away and finishing this now we'll be filling in a couple of gaps and finishing off the apex and then we'll get this attached and then this structure will become completely dark you can see there's no windows in the structure.
1: The rods are only about the size of your wrist or whatever, or as thick as your wrist. Mm. There's still somebody standing on it right now building it. It's obviously very strong, like strong enough to hold somebody.
3: Yeah, there's no difference between the wall and the roof. It's all wall and it's all roof. So the, what you're looking at there is is the elements are very light, but the overall structure is immensely strong. We would estimate that, that uh, you could build that in about two weeks. We've spent about three weeks on it. Uh, um, uh, but we're not early medieval builders. We don't have their skills or experience or expertise, but we're getting faster at it.
1: And I think it's important to remember that ancient people were not primitive, but they were highly skilled and imaginative. And while building technology nowadays might be more advanced, back then, buildings had the advantage of being accessible to everyone, completely renewable and in sync with their environment. Under the Brehon laws, Hazel was listed as a noble of the wood, fado which means that there were severe penalties for damaging hazel. Throughout our history, hazel has been a tree with many uses.
3: And it's listed uh, as a noble of the wood because of the, its products, what it actually can produce. So, well, first of all, obviously there, there are nuts, and the nuts are uh, known as canoe conera, which is uh, nuts that you would use in traveling. But uh, the Irish hazelnut is listed in older sources as canoe guidelach or Irish nut, to contrast it with uh, walnut, which is canoe francoc or foreign nut. But uh, the primary benefit of hazel, which is named as col uh, in early Irish sources, is quail. Uh, and quail in Old Irish uh, means slender or thin, and it's used for you know the slenderness of a wrist or whatever, but it's also used for the branches of a tree. So quail is basically the hazel rods that you can derive from a coppiced hazel uh, woodland. Um, it has loads of advantages. First of all, it's cheap. Um, it's everywhere. They would have had lots and lots of hazel woods, whereas, say, for example, using an oak tree would be quite laboursome um, and, and expensive uh, to use. So hazel is it's, its kind of like a plywood of, of the ancient times. And it's also a renewable. Sometimes these houses, we think they might have been replaced within 10 years. Well, actually, what's going on is the hazel... Uh, been used in the building of these structures is in rhythm with the environment. In other words, the houses are at at the same um, temporal rhythm uh, as the woodlands. So you build a house like this, uh, live in it for 10 years, knock it down, go back to the woodland where you took your hazel from before and it's all grown back and and that renewable coppice crop uh, can then be sustained multiple times over generations. If you look after a hazel wood, it'll keep on producing rods you know, essentially infinitely.
1: When hazel is cut down to its base, it will regrow as a multitude of long straight rods. New rods can be harvested every few years, making a hazel grove a productive and sustainable source of timber.
3: Uh, but certainly in in, um, in early medieval Ireland, we, we almost certainly they were coppicing hazel to produce rods of between four to ten years in age. Um, and we think they were probably doing it earlier, I mean, our very earliest suggestion of the coppicing or the management of hazel in Ireland comes from a Mesolithic site, a Mesolithic fish trap um, or a hunter-gatherer fish trap found on the River Liffey, uh, uh, Docks in the Keys there, um, and that looks like uh, dating I think, to about about 5,000 BC. Uh, that looks like that they used coppiced hazel as well. But hazel is a, is a robust, remarkable tree it just keeps on producing a crop if you look after it so not only do they use hazel for building houses they also use hazel for making trackways um, and we have trackways from the bronze age in irish boglands um, you know early late middle bronze age back say around 1500 bc and you can see the quality of the hazel they're using that's probably coppiced hazel as well or we also know that people were using hazel for making fish weirs, fish traps. I mean, I've done work on the Fergus Estuary where we have medieval fish weirs with with fences built of hazel uh, um, panels, which maybe might be 70, 80 metres in length, Um, you know, dating from the 13th to the the 15th century. So everywhere we turn in the archaeological record, if you want woven panel-type material, hazel it, it is.
1: It's fascinating to hear Aidan speak about how our ancient ancestors lived with such a strong connection to hazel. It made me think of the hazel weavers, whose lives would have revolved around the cycle of the tree's growth. They must have known which hazel woods were maturing and ready to be cut all over their region. Given how light the tools needed for hazel building are, a simple knife and billhook, These builders may well have been wandering laborers, traveling from one townland to the next, knowing that houses needed rebuilding. I imagine these people as having songs to sing, stories to tell, and a twinkle in their eye. So this next song is one I've written for them, for the Hazel Weavers.
2: I am uh... of them too, with hazel rods and heather, alone I never will be, for in every turn I wonder too, a welcome's there for me.
0: there are very few hazel woods left in Ireland, and most of them are in and around the Burren in County Clare. Hazel woodlands are very special places, and those growing in the west of Ireland and in western Scotland are ecologically distinct habitats occurring nowhere else on Earth. They are known as Atlantic or Oceanic Hazel Woods, swaddled in humid Atlantic air masses these hazel woods are richly padded out with moisture loving mosses and ferns. A baffling variety of different fungi grow in native hazel woods, some high up on the branches, others weaving their subterranean filaments through the soil, connecting tree to tree. Thousands of different types of insects inhabit every thinkable niche in this multi layered ecosystem. Tiny mites work away to recycle leaves into fertile soil. Millipedes and woodlice chomp through dead wood. Caterpillars and shimmering shield bugs eat the leaves up in the canopy. And beautiful bees and butterflies fly from plant to plant, gathering pollen and nectar. Birds too occupy every nook and cranny, nesting, feeding and roosting. To meet with someone who knows a lot about hazel woods, I traveled to the Burren in County Clare. Dr. Maria Long is an ecologist with the National Parks and Wildlife Service, and she invited me to experience an ancient hazel woodland where she's been working, tucked away in the folds of the limestone landscape. As we walked from the open fields into the hazel wood, it was like entering another realm.
4: Like I said, it's like night and day, isn't it? We step inside. The moss-coloured stones and the, yeah. the and the dappling. sunlight coming. Isn't through. Isn't the dappling lovely in a hazel woods? Because the canopy is so much lower than, for example, if you're in an ash or a, an oak woods. So you get this lovely dappling when it's bright, bright sunny day like it is today. A butterfly just caught my eye there. Yeah. Yesterday we saw lots of little speckled woods flying around and landing often on the little patches of sunlight. So keep your eyes peeled. Okay, so we're. Absolutely surrounded by hazel. Hazel is such an unusual tree. Some people have an idea in their head of maybe a majestic oak or a big tall ash with a single trunk. Hazel doesn't grow that way. So naturally, hazel grows with these multiple stems. So what we see around us are lots of clumps of stems of hazel and some of these could be very very old indeed this is a very diverse woodland it's really hard to tell because hazel regenerates its stems quite easily if a stem becomes old and starts to fall over maybe it dies uh, it'll send up other stems very quickly to replace them so it's very very difficult to age a hazel tree or even a hazel woods if a hazel is very very old and as we know if the branches as the branches get older they start to lean and maybe they start to get disease as they get older. They start to lean and fall out and they make space for the sun shoots. So for these new young shoots. So the new shoots are coming up from the base of the plant. They'll grow quite tall and straight. So they will tend to be in the middle. You'll have the older ones maybe falling to the outside and you can over time, if the branches are always falling out, you can end up maybe with something kind of circular. So there are people that think that if you start to see a circle circle of older hazels with some sun shoots, you may be looking at quite an old tree that has had lots of its central branches already die and disappear. So there is a good chance. I mean, certainly some of the stems of this hazel are quite old and the way they're arranged, it could easily be an example of, uh, of one of these hazel rings.
0: I can definitely see what you're saying, the kind of the, the older dying shoots around the edge and sun shoots throughout.
4: And we can see there's a decayed base of a branch right in at the middle or, or, a, or yes. a stem. So that could have been, you know, an old hazel a long time ago, but it has long since gone. But there is, there's really an indication that there might be, the woody center of the tree maybe here with the, the, the branches, out, out the stems as we see them now. Out on the outside. Intriguing. So it,
0: it is intriguing. It's like all the different stages of life in one tree. We've got the old dead branches and we've got the tiny little, what that looks like this year's growth even. Yes, there you go.
4: Absolutely, yeah, well spotted. Yeah, we have some young. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a whole community,
0: a whole family of hazel, except It's just the one organism.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of amazing, isn't it? And you know what's interesting? Now, while we're looking, there's so much to see on the hazel stems. Before I came and worked here, I would have maybe not looked closely at the bark. I might have thought this was just the colour of the bark or the patterning of the bark. But this is 100% covered in different lichens. All the little lines in between them are the edges of the colonies. Uh, So we've got lots of different ones. There's one main one uh, in the background. It's probably a Pyrenula species. And in between, we've little patches of white with little black lines. They are called script lichens, and they look like little pieces of script, little wiggly lines. Amazing! These lichens are one of the key things that help people tell about the importance and the age of some of the hazelwoods. So it's quite interesting, and again, you might never look, unless somebody points it out, at something so subtle. It just looks like the bark, but actually, there's a whole world going on there.
0: Down at the bottom, you can't even see where the hazel rods are coming out from the ground because it's just this big mass of spongy-looking green moss.
4: So it's funny. Somebody once said to me that hazel looks like it's wearing leg warmers. So if you can picture from the 80s, somebody wearing leg warmers. So you have these really, really bushy mosses, and they often grow up to knee height, maybe even thigh height, up along the hazel stems. They're a function of the fact that we're in, we're in the west of Ireland. So it's, it's mild and moist. So we've got a, a damp climate, so bryophytes. Mosses and liverworts, they're very happy in this type of habitat.
0: So you're very familiar with the ecology of these woodlands. Do you want to walk me through and tell me a little bit about what kind of critters we'd find yeah. here?
4: Earlier this morning, I saw droppings over there, I presume pine-martin droppings so pine martens hazel woods are very important for pine martin and uh, some people may be aware that pine martin have thankfully uh, been spreading and been increasing in number in ireland in recent years which is such welcome news it's thought that the burn was one of the real good refuges in the country and the hazel woods in particular in the burn for pine martin so that's one of the reasons that we had a population that was large enough to start spreading again so that's a very important mammal that's supported here and pine martin are a native mammal right absolutely yeah really important and they're called, the Irish name is Cot Crean, so the, the the cat of the trees, and I think it's a beautiful name. I haven't had them skipping over my head but maybe someday. You can imagine them climbing up and down some of the branches here and moving around woodlands like this. So absolutely, they would have been here for as long as the hazels, over thousands of years as well. You see, we might we can keep our eyes peeled, Anya, because down on the floor we might see evidence of the squirrel. When the squirrel eats hazelnuts, it's strong enough to crack them in half. So they're very neat. It's like somebody used a very sharp knife to cut the hazelnut in half. Uh, the wood mouse is also one of the most prolific eaters of hazelnuts, and apparently the burn has a very high population in in woodlands in particular mm. of wood mouse. And the wood mouse, the way it does, it gnaws a hole in the hazelnut. So keep your eyes peeled there will be little stashes under the rocks of hazelnuts and the stashes are often by the wood mouse. and you'll see, you can actually see the teeth marks around the little hole in the hazelnut. Uh, but also you will see the neat cut in half hazelnut, cur- uh, the, the shell from the outside of the hazelnut, you'll see those and they tell us that there's red squirrel about. So we can look out for the evidence in that way as well for the, the mammal usage in the woods. I wonder.
0: Oh look, so that that hazelnut has a nice circular opening. It
4: does. And I think, even though it's quite a large hole for a wood mouse, I think it can make out the little gnaw marks around the edge. So a wood mouse has gnawed its way into that. Yes, it's
0: like chisel marks or something.
4: Yes. So can you imagine? It's quite a small animal a wood mouse, but very sharp teeth to be able to gnaw into this. But imagine how much goodness you get from a hazelnut if you're the size of a
0: wood mouse. Well worth it. Lots of small songbirds are sustained by the abundance of invertebrates here, and then sparrowhawks in turn hunt small birds. And because there's so many wood mice in hazel woods like this, it's excellent habitat for predatory birds, such as the long-eared owl and kestrel, both of which specialize on small mammals.
4: So the wood mice they collect the hazelnuts in autumn and they gather them together often, just like where we are here now. We're near quite a large little uh, mound of, of mossy rocks, and the wood mouse will hide its hazelnuts underneath. Typically it comes back and finds them, but of course, a bit like the squirrels, it doesn't re-find really everything. Or maybe another mammal finds them and and, and and steals them. That happens too. So the wood mice, the squirrels, but also some birds, they help also to spread the
0: hazelnuts. Rooks and jays are birds who feed directly on hazelnuts often carrying the nuts outside of the woodland and helping the seed to spread and germinate into new hazels further afield.
4: There's quite interesting fungi. So what I'm looking for, Anna, you'll be able to help me, is a twig stuck in mid-air without explanation.
0: Really? Yes.
4: <laughs> There's more of our... You'll start seeing it every Yeah, I've just started orchid.
0: seeing loads of it.
4: This is actually dead. This branch and it's quite large and it's affixed to this other branch so there's a very interesting fungus and it's very easy to tell because it does this it's called hazel glue fungus they're saprophytes so they feed on dead wood but as a, a, a they've evolved to get ahead of the competition they don't wait for the wood to fall to the floor they're not competing with the other fungi that live in the soil so they live up on the trees and they essentially twigs that are falling from the canopy, they if the twig gets anyway snagged, the fungus will quickly ensnare it and it will hold it and it will feed off it. And these again are indicators of very biodiverse woodlands and quite old woodlands and continuity of woodland cover. Hazel here in the Burren is an integral part and that is why, even if it was contracted down to small pockets, why we have such a great diversity of plants and of lichens and fungi to go with them um, because there, there was such a richness built up over thousands of years.
0: Being immersed in a rich Atlantic hazel woodland is a magical experience. Being among the multiple shimmering rods, safe beneath the low hanging canopy, cosy among the many mosses and ferns, layers of soft green dappled light, knowing that each little hazel tree could be hundreds of years old, constantly renewing itself makes it all the more special.
1: Hazel has always been core to the Irish story, an essential and generous resource for us, for the land and for wildlife. There are so many associations of hazel with wisdom and knowledge, which seems really fitting with the character of each hazel being potentially hundreds of years old, yet appearing always young. Time accumulates wisdom, yet now we dismiss the value of hazel as a tree. And hazel woods are just small remnants of what they once were, tiny forgotten pockets in inaccessible places, left there purely by chance. Hazel is such
0: a symbolic tree. With all our knowledge, we know exactly what to do to create space for hazel woodlands, to expand and regenerate. I would truly love if over the course of our lifetimes, we gain the wisdom to allow hazel woodlands to rebound, along with the complex relationships between plants, animals, insects, and fungi that have taken thousands of years to evolve and unfold together.